Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. If you happen to be joining us on YouTube, we are live on Wednesday evening. We're recording this. Usually we record early Friday mornings, but life is in the way this week, so we're recording a little bit early. So some of the things that we might, um, I'll probably still put this out on the podcast feed on Friday. So some of the things might be out of date, depending on what happens in the next 24 to 36 hours, perhaps. But uh, it is a Wednesday evening. It's late Wednesday evening. I hit trivia night and... Uh, here we are. It's late Wednesday evening, but I'm not alone. I've got Tom with me. Tom, how you doing? Awesome. Coming to you live from an undisclosed location. It's right. If you, uh, backdrop. if you are watching us on YouTube, you see a different backdrop for Tom. There is not the window in the back that gives him the uh, the glow and the aura of uh, the almighty Tom Bobo. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, from an undisclosed location somewhere, still in the state of Michigan, we hear. But uh we are here to talk about what's going on in the world of wrestling. We're going to try to hit a few, little bit more and not just be on one company this week like we were last week uh, due to kind of time constraints and the fact that Best in the World had 11 matches on it uh, last week. So, But let's talk about Best in the World first. Tom and I were both able to see the, ma the show. Tom, you watched it live, um, and I caught it on Monday with basically no spoilers. I'm trying to think if anything did get spoiled for me. I don't think so. I think I effectively avoided spoilers. Um, stayed off of. Yeah, I don't think anything did. Um, and I say that's good because Ring of Honor was really out front with the things that happened that night on their social platforms, and apparently there were some folks that couldn't access the show on Honor Club. Yeah, and which you're in a tough spot, right? Ring of Honor can't cater just to those individuals, but um, what do you do? Well, and Ring of Honor put out that, that you could try to access it through Fight, and I think some people misunderstood that, because I think what they were thinking Ring of Honor was telling them was to pay the 20 or 30 bucks on Fight for it, but the fact of the matter is, if you have Honor Club, and you use the same email address with Fight, and I know because I've done this, so I know it works, um, if you use the same email with Fight that you use with Honor Club, you can access all of the Honor Club through Fight. Um, so you can apparently play the pay-per-view. I didn't watch it that way on Monday. I have Honor Club. It worked fine. Um, so you can apparently watch it through Fight that way. Um, they did talk about refunds, though, and, and that sort of thing. So it sounded like they were going to try to make it right for people. Um, Tom, how did you watch um, on Sunday? I watched on Honor Club, and I, it was a flawless stream the entire night. I had one moment where it paused Um for less than three seconds and, and it had a spinning circle and then it popped up and it happened. There was a spot and they went to a replay. I missed them doing the replay. So more than three seconds probably, but did, it didn't spoil or take me out of the flow of the show. Nice. Nice. Well, um, so what do you think of the show? Let's just talk kind of, we're not going to do three big things. We're just going to kind of free flow it. But uh, what do you think of ring of honors best in the world? Yeah. I, you know what? A, top, a lot. It was a lot, but it was, uh, and, we, and we we acknowledge that again. Again, eleven matches is in four hours. Even even with a, kind of like a soft start pre-show, you know, it's almost you know in retrospect, adding a match to that first hour could have helped them maybe with some of the pacing and had things have time to breathe. You know, something that comes to mind is that tag title match seemed a little rushed it seemed like it might have had the shortest time i didn't look at match times at all by any means uh yeah. because that was late in the event and then you still had the main event to come so 
there were some really strong matches. Uh, things that stand out for me, the pure title match, Gresham and Mike Bennett exceeded expectations, in my opinion. The main event was super solid. Uh, Roosh and Bandito, and the big news is Bandito dethrones Roosh and becomes Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, Hashtag free Bandito worked. Free, free Bandito worked. Um, Dragon Lee and Tony Deppin was an amazing, dangerous sprint. Uh, and I'm now a fan of Tony Deppin, at least for, for that match. So I'm coming around. And then I really loved, uh, probably my second favorite match of the whole show was Jay Lethal Brody King. And again, it's a small sample size, but the, uh, the kind of Ring of Honor fan Facebook Choose Your Honor group that they do, there's a lot of people upset with that outcome. And they thought Jay Lethal was buried. So either they're super drinking the Kool-Aid and they love Jay Lethal and think that he should be um, never used to get someone over. This is pro wrestling though. And this is faction warfare. And if you don't, if you don't put Brody King over there, he's probably not going to ever come around in ring of honor again, you know, or it's going to take a whole lot to build him back up. And it wasn't that he just mauled lethal. He, he was dominant in the end, but it was a competitive match throughout. So those are my big kind of takeaways. And we're not doing three big things. We're just talking about general and I'm sure a few other things will come up, but those are my kind of like highest or low hanging fruit that I thought, man, these were the things I couldn't wait to, to talk to you about and also get your take on. Yeah. And, and the thing is uh, to go to the Brody King thing for a minute to make stars, they've got to beat somebody who means something. And Jay Lethal has kind of become the fourth guy in the foundation. We kind of talked about that. Interestingly, the foundation is on TV this weekend against Shane Taylor promotions, but it's the foundation and Joe keys, no Jonathan Gresham, which maybe because Gresham worked two matches. I don't know. It's a little bit strange. Um, yet Tracy Williams, who wasn't cleared to work at the pay-per-view is cleared to work on TV this week, which was taped in the day or two after the pay-per-view. Okay. Are we, sure, are we sure this match this weekend was taped just recently? Or was it taped maybe before? I suppose it could have been before. I I feel like, did Tracy miss the last tapings, though? He didn't. He was there. He worked those. So maybe this is maybe this is left over from the previous tapings. That could be. And Quinn and Mandy might be left over. They might have already taped that before the pay-per-view Um the last set of tapings too. That that could be. Maybe maybe that makes me feel better if that's the case. Um, although continuity wise, still a problem because a week later Tracy Williams is cleared. I hope they make a comment on commentary about how that came to be. I don't know. I it just it struck me as weird. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I thought the show was was good. Maybe not great. Um, you know, would I put it up there with the greatest Ring of Honor shows of all time? Look, Ring of Honor hasn't had a show in a long time that I would put up there with the greatest Ring of Honor shows of all time, partially because the, the bar for greatest Ring of Honor show of all time is really, really stinking high. Um, some of their stuff back in their heyday, I just don't think they're going to touch now. Um, I got to thinking about this as I was listening to an interview last week with uh, the artist formerly known as Buddy Murphy. I don't know what name he's going to go on, go by. In fact, uh, right now he's advertised for his first match, uh, middle of September, uh, against Brian Cage, which I think would be really fun to watch. Uh, but he's just listed as formerly known as Buddy Murphy. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, so they got to come up with whatever his indie name is going to be. Um, but I was trying to think, you know, Buddy Murphy is somebody I've, I've been high on. I think WWE criminally underused him. We kind of talked about that. When we talked about his release. 
But I was trying to think, well, if he came to Ring of Honor, even for, and they don't, they don't do this as much anymore, but, you know, for a weekend or a couple of weekends, like they used to do with kind of big stars, um, who would be the, like, dream matches I'd want to see Buddy Murphy versus? And it used to be that I could very easily pick off three or four people on the roster, like, I want to see him against him, I want to see him against him, I want to see him against him. And now I'm like, oh, Buddy, Buddy Murphy Bandito would be cool, Buddy Murphy Dragon Lee would be, it's, it's going to be the same three or four guys, though. It's going to be Bandito, Dragon Lee, Roosh. Uh, Gresham could be interesting. Um, Jonathan Gresham. So, so anyways, it's, it's hard to put it up there with those top shows, but it was a good show. I don't mind that I spent four hours watching that show at all. Um, I, I, I agree with you. They could have shifted some things around. I think you could have cut a match or two, too. Um, not everything has to go on your pay-per-view. Neither of uh, Flamita Horace probably belonged somewhere. PCO Danhouse and the Bouncers, that could have been a TV match. You didn't need that on their pay-per-view. And so you could have slid the Briscoes and PJ Black, maybe, um, and, and Brian Johnson to the hour one and free up a little bit more room in the pay-per-view. Um, that would be the match to me most likely. Um, Jonathan Gresham is kind of the guy right now for me. I like Gresham. It's funny. When Gresham gets announced for matches, I'm never like, ooh, but I know I'm going to like it in the end. Um, but Gresham is the guy I, you know, they always talk about Ric Flair. He could have a five-star match with a broomstick. Jonathan Gresham could wrestle a broomstick right now. And it would be really, really good. Um, he made me care about Dak Draper more than I've ever cared about Dak Draper. And I want to like Dak Draper. I don't know what it is about Draper. He's got kind of an it presence for me. Uh, I don't know if it's the right word. Cause that's a high bar. When you say someone has it, I, I don't know if Draper has it, but he's got a presence There's something about Draper. I want to like, um, Maybe it's the fact that he wrestled in college here in Nebraska and he was on my trivia team for Rick of Honor Trivia once. Maybe that's what it is. But um, but he made me care about Draper more than I ever have before or since. He made me care about Mike Bennett more than I ever have cared about Mike Bennett on Sunday. Now we'll see whether I continue to care about Mike Bennett that much. But for that match on Sunday, there were moments that I believed he was going to win the pure title. Um and you and I both talked about there was no way he was going to win the pure title. And I still knew he wasn't going to win the pure title, but I believed he could. And I believed it might happen. So kudos, putting together a match. When you can make me believe the thing that I know won't happen will happen, you've done something well. Um, Gresham was great. I thought Brody King, I agree with you, was, I guess I felt he was a little more dominant maybe than you did. I mean, it was competitive, but I, I did think he he mauled him pretty good. But I think he needed to. I think that was that was needed. Again, you got to beat somebody who means something. And Jay Lethal means something in Ring of Honor. Um, they have not beaten him to the point of him not meaning anything by any means. And I, I look at Brody King as like just this massive mound of humanity, right? So like I expect him to like have an aura and a presence in the ring with whomever he's in the ring with. Now, granted, if it was Bronson Reed, which is not going to happen, or if they bring in Killian Dane under his, whatever his name is, then I could see it being a different Daniel. thing. Yeah. So I don't know that. So and not, not to, not to, not to undersell like the dominance that was there, but because of his size and his aura, he, that's what he does. Brody King should be a problem that you have to overcome. That's it. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think he is. Um, and right now for the foundation, he's a problem um, for LFI, you know, Roosh, Roosh is a pretty big boy. So Roosh, Brody King, you know, Brody's bigger, but 
that's a little more even than anybody in the foundation, certainly, because nobody in the foundation has size to them. Let's just call a spade a spade there. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see eventually, is it Gresham who, you know, because Gresham can beat everybody um, who takes down Brody King or, or, or how does that play out? I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I thought the fight without honor was fine, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like a fight without honor. And I think part of that is because it was too early for a fight without honor. Um, you and I talked about that in the preview of the show. It was fine. It, it accomplished what it needed to. I agree with you. It felt rushed. Um, I wonder if that a was timing and B was also Gresham had already worked a, a pretty long match with Bennett. Well, um, and, and, and again, do we know if Jay Lethal was actually hurt? Cause that was the storyline they tried to tell us that, you know, Rhett, Rhett and Tracy come out and, and they're like, oh, we need you, Jonathan. And he's like, oh, okay. And then like you get one match break, and that's how they tried to sell it. And then and then and then you're there. So like we talked about Russian going heel, right? But now this looks like if Jay Lethal wasn't hurt, maybe, maybe right. not, could he be the one going heel? Like who because to me it's Jonathan Gresham going, the foundation means everything to me. Pure wrestling and the and, and the the art of wrestling means everything. So we did step into that spot. I mean, I'm reading between the lines and I'm kind of like adding to the story that they may or may not tell, but that's kind of how it worked for me. And let me be really clear, not a happy camper that Jonathan Gresham took the pinfall. There's See, no I'm reason okay with that. Okay. See, I'm not. And and I'm only okay with it because he had the hard fought map, match with Bennett. So Gresham gave all he had. And in the end, in the second match, which was a fight without honor, to be fair. Um, so it wasn't even, A, it's not his specialty, I guess, whatever that means. Um, but it's also, he's been through this war with Bennett, and now he's getting put through tables and beat up with chairs and whatever all, you know, and I'd have to go back and remember more about the match to know exactly what he got hit with or didn't get hit with. But um, I was okay with it. I, I certainly think you could have just pinned Rhett, and that would have made more sense. But I think then there may have been people on the other side that said, oh, we're always got to protect Jonathan Gresham. Gresham can't take the fall. Titus always has to take the pin. Um, so I feel like there are going to be arguments either way on that. Um, and and let me be the first to say, I, I knew in my heart of hearts that they might. So I knew that they might. That sounds really strong, doesn't it? I, I had a feeling that they might do a Ring of Honor title switch to pop the fans and really kind of send them off. And they, they kind of did a reset a little bit here. I mean, all, three of the titles of the four titles that were defended changed hands. Um, you know, we have new tag champs. We got a new TV champ. We got a new uh, world champ. Now, granted, the new TV champ is kind of same as the old TV champ. I mean, he's been there before. But the new tag champs. Uh, had Homicide ever been tag team Ring of Honor tag team champion? I didn't yeah. think so. No. And Dickinson, obviously, first title in Ring of Honor. Um, and obviously Bandito, his first singles title in Ring of Honor, he had the six-man title. But um, so so new faces there. I think that's, I thought they might do it, but I just didn't have the guts to pull the trigger, which is a little too bad. We'll talk about that when we talk about head-to-head -head in a little bit. Um, I, You guys, anybody who's been listening to this podcast for any length of time knows I've been a fan of Bandito since day one, since he came into Ring of Honor, since before he came into Ring of Honor. I was excited they signed him. I'm excited he stayed there. I thought he should have been in the title picture. They've done an iffy job booking with him to get him to the title picture. I, that's a fair criti critique. But he got there and had a hell of a match, excuse my French, with Roosh. 
I don't think Rouge loses anything. The only thing, and I think you may have mentioned this, Tom, online, so I apologize for stealing your words if you if you were the one I saw who said this, but I totally agreed with whoever I read that said it. It would have been nice to give him a little more time to celebrate, and I know they were probably running out of satellite time um, because the, the pay-per-view on Honor Club is exactly three hours long to the minute. Um, so they, they probably were running out of satellite time on the pay-per-view because it wasn't only on Honor Club. WWE can run their thing as long as they want because, well, yes, they'd still sell it on pay-per-view, six people buy it on pay-per-view and everybody's watching it on Peacock or the WWE network in, in any country outside of the U S ring of honor was on regular pay-per-view along with honor club and fight all of that. So I understand why it got rushed. I guess I just didn't need, I didn't, I didn't need LFI to get their heat back that night. Even have them just stand there and look dejected and they're yelling at each other and they're whatever. And then we go off with bandito holding the title up or carry silk and put the title around, you know, his waist or something like that. So I didn't think they needed to do that or they didn't need to do it that early, but okay. Um, and now I like that they're calling him the most wanted champion, um, you know, instead of the most wanted. Now he's the most wanted champion and he's got a target on his back and he gets his first ring of honor title defense against my boy, Flip Gordon uh, in the middle of August. Okay. Here's my only thing. If, and, and this is conspiracy theory, Jim going into conspiracy theory, Flip Gordon land. If the reason they had EC3 beat Flip Gordon, which made zero sense to me um, and made zero sense to you, I know too, Tom. If the reason they had EC3 beat Flip Gordon is because they're going to hot shot the title to Flip Gordon in Philadelphia and EC3 is now a viable contender because he beat Flip at best in the world, I may stop watching Ring of Honor. <laughs> You'll still be watching. That's not going to happen. I I know it's not, but I, I for a quick second, and and honestly, until Bandito won the title, I was a little worried that Roosh was going to hang on to it, and then Flip was going to beat Roosh and Philly, and and that it would set up EC3 as a, a viable. As soon as Bandito won, I thought uh, Bandito's not somebody you can hot shot it on and off of real quick. PCO, you could do that with back when he was because PCO is just kind of PCO, you know. <sighs> I, I don't like hot shotting the world title, but if you did it with somebody like Jay Lethal, I don't think it would hurt him. Honestly, if you did it with Roosh at this point, I don't think it would hurt him. Bandito, you can't do that. Bandito needs to have a good run here. Um, so I, I'm glad to hear you say you don't think that's what they're doing either because Flip Gordon. In the first 90 seconds of that match with how Roosh came out hot and then he doesn't he doesn't put him away. He, he's, he His cockiness prevails. Did you say to yourself in your mind, Bandito's winning tonight? I certainly thought there was a much better chance in that moment. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't a hundred percent convinced, Right. but I, I go either he's going to win the belt or there's going to be a lot of heat on Roosh at the end of the night. So at, at that point I knew he, he had the mountain to overcome now. And I knew that he either was going to win the belt or it was going to be, and I think they did this too in the middle of it, it was going to be Bandito has him pinned and the ref is knocked out or whatever. And they count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then the ref comes in a one, two. They did give Roosh an out though, which I don't know that I love to be perfectly honest because they Roosh did kick out right at three on the three count. They didn't seem to play it up. Although they had 20 seconds left on the air at that point. Um, I don't know if that's going to become a storyline point or not moving forward. It's kind of like the whole uh, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. Uh, pin a couple of years back at WrestleMania. Uh, not the same thing, but, you know, it could or it could not become a part of the story moving forward. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. I'm 
I'm excited. <laughs> I'm not excited for how many hours I'm going to need in my one day off after I come back uh, from the wedding I'm attending in August because I have that Monday after SummerSlam weekend off um, so that I could watch SummerSlam. But I am going to have SummerSlam, Glory by Honor Night 1, Glory by Honor Night 2, and most likely a takeover, although they haven't officially announced it yet. Um, but all signs seem to be pointing that way. I, is that 24? How many hours do I get? I guess we don't know how long SummerSlam's going to be yet. So, um, who doggy? I got a lot to watch on that Monday. You do. Um, you do. I, I'm going to feel the same way. Heading out on vacation here in the next week. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a gap between this recording and this podcast and the next one. When I get back, I'm going to have the Raw after Money in the Bank, NXT, Fighter Fest Night 2. SmackDown, Ring of Honor. I'm gonna, have, right. I'm gonna have, you know. Are you gonna have Money in the Bank, or are you able to watch Money in the Bank on Sunday? I couldn't remember when you were. Leaving. Yeah, so the goal is to watch Money in the Bank Sunday night for sure. Um, I say for sure, um, because there's packing, <laughs> there's packing for a week away that has to happen too. So depending on where that lives, you know, earlier in the day on Sunday and and earlier in the day on Saturday, will determine my Sunday night. Gotcha. Maybe one of those things where I'm doing things while money in the banks in the background, which I'm not a fan of, but but it might have to happen. We'll see. And the thing is, when when I'm gone, I'm kind of looking forward to being off the grid, and I, a because it's good for good for you, good for me. Um, also, I can stay off social media maybe better because I'm not going to want to know anything that happens from the 19th of July onward until I come back and kind of be organically immersed in it. So we're jumping ahead. Two things I wanted to ask you. Um, yes. We closed last week and you said you're ho- you have a hope that Ring of Honor might be awesome. And I, and we ended the podcast and then we did a quick debrief, but we were hustling. I didn't get a chance to clarify your statement at any time. I really, I, and I didn't know what you meant and I still don't know. So what, what, what were you... What were you alluding to, and did it happen? I I was alluding to that I hoped we would see Chris Hero. Okay. Because um, Chris is awesome. Because Chris is awesome, absolutely. Um, so I was alluding to Chris Hero, which there is a report out there, and Joe Coff has confirmed that report, that Chris Hero was backstage at Best in the World and was acting as an agent uh, and a producer for Ring of Honor. Does that mean we will see Chris Hero in the ring for Ring of Honor. I think that's still to be told. Um, I hope so, because you and I are both big Chris Hero fans. We've both been big Chris Hero fans for a long time. Um, I was not a huge Hero fan when he first came to Ring of Honor. I hadn't seen a lot of him. I knew of him. Hadn't seen a lot of him. He won me over pretty quick, and that's CZW War, and then obviously the Kings of Wrestling thing and all of that. I think he was, how many times do we say this about somebody, criminally underused in WWE. I think he would have been a great coach player in NXT or NXT UK um, to be able to teach and work in the ring and help elevate people. I'm not saying you had to make him your NXT champ, but I, I think he had a lot to offer. And so I'm excited to see him there. So yes, I could tell by the look on your face that you weren't quite following what I was saying, but I didn't know if I wanted to go any further than that at that point, leave a cliffhanger, I guess. So yes, I hoped ROH would be awesome. So we should talk really quickly too. The surprise was Chelsea green. Um, she gets announced for, the women's division, not for the women's tournament, though. The interesting thing is she said she's got a month before her cast comes off. 
here's the thing. I listened to her podcast. She was cleared three weeks ago. <laughs> so the only bad part is she has a podcast where she told everybody she's been cleared for three weeks. And then she's got a cast on saying that's the problem is her no compete ran until today or tomorrow. I think it is. So she probably couldn't have competed, even though it wouldn't air until after the non-compete. My guess is that's part of why they played up. She did have a broken arm, absolutely, um, that, that was only cleared a couple of weeks back. And they made maybe she's not quite in ring shape yet. Well, she's cleared for contact. She might not be ready to roll, you know, in matches. So I think she'll be an interesting uh, bystander to watch through the tournament and then see where that goes. I'm excited for this tournament, and I'm so excited to hear it's going to be on Ring of Honor television and not on YouTube. Um, I think that's going to help them give the women the spotlight. And I think we're going to have some breakout stars throughout this tournament. I'm really excited to see who it is. Um, and I fully expect Quinn, Quinn McKay to beat Mandy Leone this weekend on Ring of Honor TV and get that last spot in the tournament. I thought I had on that note is I wonder if they go to a draw or something inconclusive on TV this weekend and then they rematch in the tournament because Mandy's in the tournament right now. And then that, that, that spot is X'd out because it was Vita Von Star. Vita Von Star. So they might run it back. I wonder. Right. I wonder. I think they are because I think Quinn, that's where Quinn goes. And I did think it was interesting that Mandy was there. And I was like, well, that's a little bit weird. Um, I, I probably would have put her somewhere else. Um, but uh, there, there are a number of really, really talented women in that that I know. And a number of other women that I've heard some things about that I just don't know a lot about. So I am super excited to watch um, that. I am also really happy to see and um, wrap up Ring of Honor here in a minute. But um, on Monday, uh, of course, there's the Fight TV showing of Ring of Honor television. But earlier in the day, I think in the morning when I got up, the Ring of Honor television from the weekend was available on Honor Club already. So I was able where I thought I was going to have to wait till six o'clock to watch Ring of Honor television because I did want to see the show from last weekend. Um I didn't have to wait. I was able to watch it on Monday. So maybe I'll be able to get up on Monday mornings before I go to work and, and watch me some Ring of Honor television, which would be nice um, since I don't have a local. I have a local channel that gets it, but I don't have antenna ears to get it. And the odds of me being available at 10 o'clock on Saturday night or whatever time it's on aren't great. So, yeah, comment on the women's tournament for me is, you know, this to a much smaller scale and, to, and, and for a much different reason, this this could you know, be kind of what the May Young Classic was a few right. years back, right? You know, new exposure to some some talents that, you know, you may have heard of before, but you may not have seen. So that would be awesome to have some stars and some some names come out of this. And even if it doesn't materialize for them in Ring of Honor, the wrestling landscape now is starting to open up more. So if they don't get a foothold here, somewhere else is possible. Look at Wheeler, Utah as a good example from Ring of Honor and to what he's doing in AEW now. And then the other thing I'll just say is, you know, we talk about Brody King's elevation or, or growth, and then you name Chris Hero. That would be a match that I'd love oh, to see. Oh man. That would and, and how and how how could they mention Damo playing Dan a minute ago as, as as a kind of you know a, a match hero would do that as well. So and if Chris yeah. Hero comes in, I could see him wanting to give talent the rub or a rub. So so, anything else about Ring of Honor, Tom? I think we've. Yeah, no, no, a, a tremendous value for nine ninety nine to to renew an Honor Club subscription because that mine was inactive because there was nothing that they were doing that was making me want to spend my money. But this show alone was worth that. 
not a bad way to spend 10 bucks. And they're going to continue to get my money, even though it's going to renew before Glory by Honor. In that next month segment, it'll be two Glory by Honors plus Death Before Dishonor. So that'll be pretty sweet. I, I was going to say, kudos to them for scheduling uh, Glory by Honor more than a month past Best in the World. So that those of us who did sign up for Best in the World, almost ha- we don't have to, but if we want to watch Glory by Honor, we got to pay for a whole nother month. Um, so good scheduling on their part, frankly. The one negative about Death Before Dishonor is I'm pretty sure that's the first Sunday of the NFL season. Uh, it's the 12th of September, right? Yeah. It is the first Sunday of the NFL season. It is also the Sunday directly before my wedding anniversary and my wife's birthday. So, and I have trivia that night. And the Bears are on Sunday Night Football. So, yeah, when we get to September, it's it's going to be a show. But It's a, it's a roulette wheel for what you get to do. It is. Thankfully, we'll we celebrate the next weekend. So my hope is trivia and then come home, watch Bear game. But we'll see. Um, the Bears game on Sunday night will absolutely win out for me over Ring of Honor's Death Port Dishonor. There's just no way. Anyways, enough about football. Um, maybe we should do a football podcast at the end of August, too, Tom. Maybe maybe that should happen. A little special edition of Two Spot Monkeys. I Two agree. Iron Monkeys. Um, well, let's talk briefly um, AEW. I have not. We're recording this, as I said, on Wednesday night. Tom has seen AEW from this evening. I have seen absolutely nothing from AEW. I have not seen anything on social media. I'm very happy about that. Hoping to watch some of it, maybe even after I record tonight, depending, um, and also in the morning, but uh, before I go to work, hopefully. But uh, Malachi Black makes his debut last week in a move that I don't think shocked anybody that he ended up in AEW, but nobody thought he was going to get there this quick. Um, I loved that they did the blackout segment during the Cody Rhodes match and just played it off like it was electrical problems. I didn't think a thing about it, to be perfectly honest. I didn't think, oh, they're foreshadowing something. Didn't think a thing. And then they went off when Arn Anderson was there, and I was like, okay, now I know something's up, but I didn't expect Malachi Black. Um, I unfortunately did know before I saw that segment that Malachi Black showed up in AEW uh, because I didn't stay off Facebook. But all I saw was his face, and it says something about AEW, and I was like, oh, crap, Tommy N showed up in AEW. No idea that he was called Malachi Black. No idea what he had done either, so I was not expecting, even when those lights went out, I didn't go, oh, here's where here it is, because I had figured he'd show up at the end of the show, and they go, where, who is this guy? Why is he here? Of course, who is this guy? And then the other guy goes, that's Malachi Black, um, Excalibur. Oh, Excalibur. Who, by the way, Jim Ross called Mark last week by his real name. But, um, <laughs> How did he call him Mark? That's so funny. At the beginning of it, it's actually Excalibur's real first name, and uh, I had to look it up because I couldn't believe that he said, sorry, he like talked over Excalibur at one point on the show. And he goes, Oh, sorry, Mark. And I was like, <laughs> oh, look, I'm going to say this the nicest way I can. And I know people get really defensive about it. Jim Ross is the voice of my teen and young adult years in pro wrestling. Jim Ross is probably the best play-by-play guy that's ever called wrestling. I Gordon Soley, Lance Russell, they were before my time. So I'm, I'm biased. I'm always going to be, um, partial to Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan as a team over even Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, but Jim Ross, best play-by-play guy I probably ever heard. Ryan Sandberg is my favorite baseball player of all time. I don't want Ryan Sandberg playing second base for the Cubs this year. I, I'm ready for Jim Ross to retire. I, I just, it's not there anymore. I'm sorry. But anyways, that's just my aside on Jim Ross. Uh, I think Excalibur is the best announcer they have on that squad by far. Uh, 
Uh, and I think if he had Excalibur and Taz, it'd be awesome. Shivani's fine, but I think Excalibur and Taz would be a great duo. That's not what we're talking about, though. We're talking about Malachi Black. So I was and stunned. It, and, well, and it appears that they're calling him both Tommy End and Malachi Black. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and, and there was something I saw, and I don't know if this was like planted or if this was read between the lines because Tommy End Malachi Black was doing some social media where um, like one is like the vessel and the other is the entity, right? Okay. So like so like Malachi Black is, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw it up, right? But but one is like the the aura, one one of the names is the aura of the action, and then the other in you know the other physical body and the way it interacts is the delivery of that. So um, we'll see if that continues. I don't know. But that's interesting for for me, and I, I laughed out loud when when he debuted, and it was Cody right off the bat because we've talked n- numerous times that when a new guy typically tends to come in, that he gets Cody right off the bat. It's almost like he's the he's the gatekeeper of sorts. He's the welcome committee for AEW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- this though, this though feels different uh, and felt different last week. So I'm really eager to see where this goes uh, from here. Uh, <laughs> AEW is flush with talent. Flush oh, with talent. Goodness. And, yeah. uh, our good friend Annette is watching along with us uh, this evening and said he needs to go and then uh, put an uh, emoji of a guy with a cowboy hat. So I think I know who she means by that. And I don't think it's Cody or Malachi Black. Uh, so, um, and I know I, besides, so what else, anything else on Malachi Black? Because there's another thing about last week's Road Rager that I wanted to touch on with you. Uh, just, just that I'm looking, you know, I think. For All Out, I think we're getting Malachi Black versus Cody. I think that's obviously where we're headed. Um, obviously, I haven't seen the show tonight. What more we get out of that. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, Cody knows how to do big matches. And Malachi Black, again, criminally underused. I say it all the time. but And I and I said back when they released him a month ago that I think he and Buddy Murphy are going to be the uh, the breakouts from that release group. And, uh, and I still believe that. And I think Black landed in the absolute right spot. Um, as much as I hope he can go through that forbidden door, I'd like to see a little bit of Malachi Black or Tommy End in New Japan. I think there's some matches there that could be really, really fun to watch. Um, as things open up, people can travel more. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. There's a lot of things, both fresh, and I got to admit, down the road, no time soon, I'm looking forward to seeing Malachi Black and Andrade in an AEW ring with no constraints on them. Now we saw it in NXT, and it's pretty darn good. I, I think we can go to another level, so uh, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Good segue, because what I wanted to talk about was Andrade Andrade El Idolo. That's so hard to say. It's not a good and his, name. And his <laughs> in ring and his in ring debut, which I thought fell short of a strong debut, hmm. wasn't wasn't bad in the ring, but and I don't know I don't know who to I don't know who to point the finger at there. Is it him? Is it Seidel? Is it both of them? Something just didn't didn't get me jazzed up, and I really wanted that. I I thought they gave Seidel a little too much. Um, look, Matt Seidel isn't somebody you're building around at this point. He's fine, but he's not what he once was. I don't know that he carries as much name value as maybe AEW thinks he does, to be perfectly honest. Um, and, but 
they gave him a little too much, but yet I also thought Andrade attacking him afterwards and like tying his arm up with the belt and whatever, it kind of came out of left field because it wasn't like Seidel had almost beaten him three times and so he was going to show him he was the better guy or whatever. Like it did feel a little bit weird. I, I thought he looked good. Um, but I, there's definitely more to Andrade um, to come in AEW. And, and, and I agree, it wasn't quite the holy wow moment that I might have expected from Andrade's debut. I almost wonder if it would have been better instead of having him with Seidel, just have him kill Dante Martin or something. I mean, somebody, you know, who can take the loss because right now they're not building around them, um, but who could have, I don't know, maybe bumped a little better for him than Seidel did. I I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. I, I see what you're saying, though. Um, but as a big Andrade fan, I was just glad to see him get in the ring. So That's fair. That's fair. Um, and Andrade, unfortunately, uh, they can't stream it in the U.S. because of some sort of art, um, suit lawsuit between AAA and the former Lucha Underground and whoever owned that and all of those kinds of things. Um, but Andrade is wrestling Kenny Omega at AAA's Triple Mania here uh, coming up in August, which I would really love to see that match. And I'm sure um, it will be available at some point for us to see here, uh, whether by hook or crook uh, in the U.S. But uh, that that's a match that I think could be really really fun to watch in that setting with a six-sided ring and all of those kinds of things. And, and Kenny and Andrade both with a lot of experience there. Um, I'm interested to see if there's any follow-up tonight. Um, and don't tell me if there is or isn't Tom, but uh, I'm interested to see what's how tonight follows up for both Andrade and Malachi black um, among all of the things they have scheduled for tonight as well. So AEW is uh, they're smoking on all cylinders right now. No question. Yeah. Last week's show. So road rager for me seemed like a buffet with so many options and then you just couldn't help but like overeat and then at the end you were like oh my gosh i'm really really full not sure how i feel about this i feel good but i also don't feel good that's the way i left last week's episode okay. i didn't leave, i didn't leave tonight's that way at all i left tonight's thinking this is in a this is a buffet i'm getting enough of everything that i want and i can't wait for more that's all i'll say so i hope that that piques your interest to to watch uh, it, it has it has i I look forward to seeing what you're talking about and then talking with you offline about it or well online, but offline from this podcast anyways. Well, let's go to another show that I think has been hitting on most cylinders, if not all cylinders lately. And that's NXT. Um, I, I think their last couple of weeks uh, really, really since takeover, we kind of talked about this last week and two weeks ago, maybe a little um, last week, not so much because we did best in the world, but I know we did uh, squirrel off into a couple other topics for a moment here and there. Uh, I think it's been good stuff. Um, just, I thought another strong show, Cameron Grimes, my goodness, ever since the whole money came into his life with Bitcoin and dog coin or what doggy coin or whatever in the world it is, um, he has just been on fire on the mic on fire. And I thought his sketches last night, I know they're probably not for everybody, but I love the fact that he's playing the Butler, but he's still getting one up on LA night just about every time. Um, and he doesn't care about having to do the work and he doesn't care about this. He's going to hire the probably wasn't the best idea to hire a Hispanic kid. I, there was just a bit of me that was like, Ooh, that's typecasting that I don't know we need in 2021. Um, but maybe I, maybe that went past a lot of people. Maybe it wasn't a big deal. Um, I don't know. Cameron Grimes, man, to the moon um, or to the broom, as he said last night, which I thought was pretty great. <laughs> so good. 
So good. Yeah, I, the momentum that NXT has should not be lost on how well AEW is doing. And it's great that, again, we're so fortunate that we don't have to have uh, to pick a, pick to watch one on a given night, that they're back-to-back nights. So even if you're not watching them live, I think you can watch them successively without competing with them. Uh, so that's been great. And, and yeah, this week, and I think a number of things were good and, and storyline developments continue to happen. Some awkward and some not. Again, a week ago, I think it was a week ago, out of the blue, Shotzi, the former Shotzi Blackheart, now known just as Shotzi, and Knox, formerly known as Tegan Knox, who made her amazing return to... Three uh, days before! <laughs> to... Uh, to rekindle something with Candice LeRae shows up, but they, they both show up on SmackDown and that's kind of where they seem to be headed. So again, talk about what, this isn't a knock on NXT because I think it's more of a WWE thing and it's a Vince McMahon thing because at, at the end of the day, he's the head of the table, no disrespect to Roman Reigns. Um, the, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing or if they do, like the writers, I would... As much as I think I wanna would be, want would want to be a writer for WWE because I, that would be like a dream job to be part of creative. I also probably think that I would not last long because you'd get fired real fast, Tom. <laughs> I'd either get fired or I would just go this. Like, this is the definition of, definition of insanity. If I'm trying to create a storyline that wants to draw people in and then I get talent taken from me out of the blue, what in the heck? So. Well, um, and look at it again here. Mandy Rose was on Raw on Monday night, seemingly setting up some sort of another another tag title shot. I feel like they've had a hundred of them for her and Dana Brooke. And then all of a sudden now, Tuesday, she's on NXT. And and apparently going to be involved somehow, maybe with the Robert Stone slash Frankie Monet brand. That That's an interesting development there, too. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Like... Obviously, they're they were teasing things and and wanting us to tune in to see more of that. And I'm fine with that, um, but there again, and and they didn't even okay. If you're going to do that, then beat her up on Monday night, pin her, do something, send her off. Um, well, that that's the that's the biggest missed opportunity I think that exists, right? Like, so if you're going to move talent from one brand to another, and and they don't trust their audience enough to know that they watch everything. I mean, and maybe you and I are the only two. I know we're not, but you know that's the joke I bring up a lot of times. Use use a talent to get someone over. Like this whole Saray Tony Storm thing. Clearly, that's the path they were headed on, and Tony Storm's headed to SmackDown. So that Saray match didn't happen. It gave us an awesome Gigi Dolan versus Saray match last night, and they gave, they tried to tie that up with a storyline. Nonetheless, like you could have boosted Saray in a different way. She well, still looked strong against Gigi, nonetheless. And you and you still could have had that match. There's no reason Tony Storm going to SmackDown. Look, if you do Saray Tony Storm now, everybody knows Saray's going over because Tony Storm's going to SmackDown. I get maybe you don't want to do that because you don't want Tony to lose right before she's going to debut on SmackDown. But yet other things you do, like you said, Tom, seem to make you think that they don't believe that everybody watches everything or anybody watches everything. So then it wouldn't matter if you have her lose on NXT because... Clearly, there's somebody in the writing team that doesn't think anybody's watching NXT. NXT, by the way, had their biggest viewership uh, in quite a while last Tuesday night. So good job to NXT for that. Kudos on that. Um, Raw had its lowest, second or third lowest rating ever uh, last week. So, well, I don't know. And I think a lot can be said because of the momentum. Again, even though we're, we're, we're shining a critical light 
that's kind of shading into NXT territory. It's not about NXT per se. It's about the, the, the larger entity of WWE. But this past Tuesday, Karrion Cross, Johnny Gargano, awesome, could have could have easily pulled the trigger on a title change there. I'm more invested now in Karrion Cross than I was a week ago. This has been this mini feud between the two of them has been some of the best stuff and it's definitely boosted cross. If you would have told me that Johnny Gargano would have been the guy to bring carrying cross up a notch, I would have said that makes sense, but uh, it, it would have, I would have been like, wouldn't they want other guys to do it too? Because Gargano has been part of the way, which was trending heel. And I would say that maybe he's still going to be heel, even though, right. um, even though Candace is truly the, the, the most evil one in that, in that group. Um, that was, a, that was a great match. I thought Gargano um, was going to win the belt a few times. Going back to your statement that you made about Roosh and Bandito, I had those, I had those same, same vibes with Gargano and, and Cross than I did with Roosh and Bandito. So, and, and, and then the end of the day is you got Samoa Joe interacting with all these guys. And, uh, you know, Cross, and I, Pete Dunne, and Adam Cole, they're going to have to give us something. Joe, Joe's got to be cleared. I know that other people have said he's not, but if you're doing all this and he isn't cleared, you're out of your flipping mind. Um, especially the way you had cross choke him out last night. That's provocation. Joe's been provoked. Joe's going to be one angry man on Tuesday nights. The thing I love about pro wrestling is that that happened on Tuesday night and Joe's not going to do a thing about it the rest of the week until next Tuesday night when the cameras are on. Um, it's the thing I've always loved about pro wrestling. I'm so mad at you because you attack me that I'm going to do nothing about it for seven days until they turn a camera back on. And then I'm coming for you, Tom. Um, but uh, you got to suspend disbelief, right? Um, no, the cross uh, Cross's attack on Joe was great um, because... Joe, it kind of made Cross look like his B-word until then, which I don't know that you need your champ doing that. Um, But the fact that they turned it back around and like, okay, now Cross struck when he had the opportunity. That's that's pretty cool. Um, Interesting, too, because I think you and I both kind of expected Gargano maybe to win that title because it seems like Cross is probably headed to the main roster. Maybe he's not, though. I mean, things change depending on the way the wind blows in the moment in uh, Vince's office. So They chose Tony Storm instead. They might have, and Aaliyah, apparently. Um, I don't know if Aaliyah's ready, but maybe the fact that she hasn't been super featured on NXT will help her, though, because half of the time people that go up to the main roster that have been featured on NXT get used terribly. So maybe the fact that she really hasn't been used, I don't know, maybe that... Maybe that can help her. It, it seems like I had read a report today that it's kind of a, whether they'll ever announce it or not, it's kind of a Mandy Rose for Aaliyah um, kind of trade, uh, which doesn't feel even to me. But anyways, um, not that Mandy Rose is, you know, Becky Lynch, but really, she can only get Aaliyah in return for Mandy Rose. I don't know. <clears throat> seems a little much, or a little light on the, on the return. Uh, but NXT has been super, super enjoyable. Um, I, I look forward to catching it. It goes by real fast when I watch it. Um, I always have to watch it afterwards because, again, Tuesdays and Wednesdays I'm booked. But uh, I watched it this morning, and and that uh, that two hours or hour and 40, because I'm able to fast forward through commercials, just flies by. Um, so great match. Uh, and it seems like we're going to Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly 3. Uh, somebody brought up, uh, I think it was Cole and Gargano 
had a three stages of hell match a number of years back. Um, that would be a great and fitting finale uh, to Colin O'Reilly, which I'm okay with that. Give me one more Colin O'Reilly and then let them move on to other things. I think Adam Cole should go to the main roster, except I think they'll put him in the cruiserweight division and forget about him. Oh, wait, that's an NXT. Never mind. Um, and 205 Live, which is now 405 Live without Odyssey Jones. I don't, I don't know. All right. Should we talk head to head, Tom? Yeah, let's do that. Head to head. Well, I say that because once again, we find ourselves in, in similar, similar status. This is the song <laughs> that never ends. Yes. Um, back to where we all began. 11 matches. Uh, I, I guess we both can take the win on the tag match anyways, because we had the winners right anyways. And, and, People change, so we normally would just count that as a win, but we had the winners anyways. Uh, so Tom went eight and three. I went seven and four. Obviously, the difference was that PCO and Danhausen versus the Bouncers match. Tom made really good points. It, had I picked after Tom, I would have picked PCO and Danhausen because he made such good points. Um, so I'm not surprised at all that I'm a match behind. Um, I'm a little surprised. We talked about before. We don't have to recap really here, but you know, we both missed the Flip Gordon match. Uh, an EC3. We both missed the Ray Horace and Demonic Flamita match. And of course, we both missed Roosh and Bandito. Uh, I'm not as surprised that we both missed that one. We both talked about that that could happen in that one. I, I think we both had pretty high confidence on uh, EC3 and Flamita, though. So, um, Well, and, and considering who the champion is now, you would think that Flamita and Flip being strong with wins sets them up as contenders. It doesn't mean they can't be, but now more work has to be done because they aren't they aren't winning. They didn't win right now. Right. And and coincidentally, I'll just say this real quick. I meant to talk about it in the in the uh recap, but I did uh, email myself. I looked at the rankings out on week by week and then emailed them to myself quickly. So for Bandito, the top contenders, the top five, remember anybody in the top three can get a world title shot. The top five are Roosh, Brody King, Flip Gordon. So they're the three who can challenge for the title. That makes total sense. EC3 and Matt Taven. EC3 not being above Flip Gordon is a little bit weird when he just beat him. But Flip was the number two contender, I think, before. So he drops a spot, I believe. Uh, The TV title for Dragon Lee, Deppen, Eli Isom, and Ray Horace are the three who can challenge him. And then Flamita and Castle are four and five. Uh, for the pure title, Josh Woods, Fred, uh, Fred Titus, yeah, Rhett Titus, Fred Yehi. There we go. Are the three who can challenge, and then number four and five are LSG and the world famous CB. We have to do something to build that division a little bit more. People, we have four people in that division. Really, you have the pure champion and three contenders, and then you threw LSG and CB in there. And LSG won a match and chose his spot there, and that storyline has literally hibernated since that time. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent, it is. And the tag champs, uh, Dickinson and Homicide, their top contenders are obviously Williams and Titus, Kenny King and Dragon Lee, Jay Lethal and John, Gr- John Gresham are the number three, and then the Briscoes and PCO and Dan Housen. So. so the only part about that, that, that I'm not a fan of is the Briscoes being four already. Yeah. Because the story was they have to go from the bottom and work their way up. So they won on TV last week. They wanted the pay-per-view against. A- They'd be two unranked teams. Yeah, they'd be two unranked teams. So you really should have them be having to compete before they're even cracking the fifth spot. Shouldn't they beat PCO and, and Dan Housen before they get ahead of them? You'd think. You'd think. 
Yeah. But anyway, so before we go to the honor. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I'm glad you brought up the rankings because I had a thought um, when I was just thinking of Ring of Honor and preparing for this podcast. I don't know how difficult it is with post-production and other things and how they do the tapings. I'd like to see the rankings be more part of the TV show. And we've talked about it before, but having yep. watched week by week this week and when they did put that spotlight, it was fun to see them. So yeah, when I saw those guys uh, and, and, uh, and the teams, it, it, it was like, cool. Now I had kind of have one more thing to invest in when I watch upcoming TV. You have to find a better way to integrate those into the TV show or to the matches with talents that are ranked. Again, case in point, AEW, a guy comes out and he's ranked one, two, three, four, five, or a gal is ranked one, two, three, four, or five. Their number is next to their name placard, right. or whatever, when they come out. It's an easy thing, I think, or it should be an easy thing. And the fact that you're not executing, to me, comes across as lazy. Um, two more things on Ring of Honor. So I'm sorry to jump back, but I wanted to mention and ask you, did you see the graphic of Bandito, Caprice Coleman, and Ian Riccoboni doing the floss? And not that I care about if you saw them floss or not. It was that in the background on the screen from the tapings, they had a Champions versus All-Stars. Yes. Okay. So that's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to what comes out of that. That being said... Um, are they just going to give us world TV right. tag, world TV pure one tag? So where do the six men guys fall? Like, so I'm just, and then who, and then depending on how many guys, if it's three, is three, four, five or more, who are the other five on the other side of the coin? I would think you'd go five. Unfortunately, the six man get left out of that. Um, but I would think you go bring uh, World Pure and TV and Tag because you also get LFI, Violence Unlimited, and the Foundation all in there, plus Bandito. Um, so I think you've got storyline there. Uh, yeah, who the other ones are, you and I could fantasy book that to death. But uh, And then the other thing, uh, you know, and I, you mentioned your, your wish of potentially Chris Hero showing up. We got Chelsea Green. The other guy that I thought in the back of my head when I was watching the show Sunday night that I was hoping would make an appearance was Mark Haskins. And because I just feel like that travel from Europe to the United States isn't as restricted as it had been before. And it seemed like it would have been the right time to bring him back, especially with Bendita winning. Because going back to a match they taped when the pandemic started and they were in Vegas last year, Haskins beat Bandito. And that was actually one of the first matches on TV this year. So that would be a built-in challenger. Not, and he has a title shot in his pocket. He has a title shot, right. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping, um, and Cough in the interview that I heard with him last week said he expects the, the UK and Europe guys to be the, and gals, to be the first ones to come back. Um, Australia, they're talking about 2022 uh, before they're going to be able to do travel. So that means like Slex, and I believe Kellyanne is from Australia as well, um, might be next year, which really sucks. But it's the world we live in right now. So hopefully Haskins, Joe Hendry, uh, Session Moth Martina, uh, and, and folks like that can get back over here. Uh, they'd be great surprises at Glory by Honor at this point, if nothing else. So, Well, let's talk about our next head-to-head, -to -head, Tom. We have six matches to pick, and something tells me these, some of these are going to go quick. I say that, and then we're going to go Broadway again on these. But uh, 
it is Money in the Bank weekend coming up this weekend. Uh, the first pay-per-view in front of fans, not counting WrestleMania, uh, in, a, in quite a long time. Obviously, WrestleMania had fans, but then they went back to the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome is done. As of now, Friday night, SmackDown will be in front of fans. Moving forward, we're in front of fans. So Money in the Bank, head-to-head. Tom, again, has that one-match lead because, hey, why not? That's what we do here at Two Spot Monkeys. I get my tail kicked in head-to-head. I think it's going to be interesting to see our picks on these. I think a number of these we're going to pick the same probably. Um, maybe maybe we'll go six for six. I don't know. Maybe it won't matter. We'll be one match apart even at the end of this. But uh, let's just see. So I'm trailing. So I guess that means, as usual, I get to pick the first match. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous entering these picks. So I want to be, and that's an honest statement. Like I, I really, there, there's a few of these that are like, okay, yeah, that should be a no-brainer. And if we both pick the same and we both lose, okay, no, no sweat. Uh, those Money in the Bank matches, uh, we're going to get there in a minute. So, <laughs> Well, the Raw Tag Team title match, which was originally announced for, for Raw coming up the night after Money in the Bank, is actually going to be on Money in the Bank. I think it's because they lost the Bianca Belair-Bailey match. Get well soon, Bailey. What terrible, terrible timing for her injury. Um, awful, awful news last week about that, that torn ACL. So um, I think there was some rumor that nine months meant she was pregnant. She's not pregnant. She tore ACL. Um, so that's a, a huge bummer for Bailey and a huge bummer, frankly, for fans because uh, she was awesome through the Thunderdome era. So I'm I'm bummed. I hope that once she has the surgery and starts to heal, they get her back on TV, at least as a character, if she can travel comfortably since they'll be back on the road. Um, she'd be great I, in the commentary booth with McAfee and, uh, and Cole until she's ready to come back. I think she'd be great there or even, I don't know, a weekly ding dong hello or something. I kind of hate the name of that show, but um, but she's been such a good character that I, I hope we get to see her. If not, I'll look forward to her return next year. Uh, you know, nine months from right now, you're looking probably WrestleMania or, right or right after after, Raw after Mania, maybe. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully she heals well. Um, but they lost that match, so I think that's why this one got moved. I hate the Viking Raiders characters. They make them so cartoony and stupid. Stop it. They were a butt-kicking machine. I'm trying not to swear. In in Ring of Honor as War Machine, in New Japan as War Machine, even in NXT as the Viking... Well, no, they were the... War Raiders. War Raiders in, in NXT, thank you. But we can't use the word war in WWE. There's another word Vince McMahon wants to use with John Cena, but we can't use the word war. Anyways, um... I like the Viking Raiders. I like Ray Rowe and Hanson or Eric and Ivar, whatever you want to call them. I hate their characters because they're stupid. <laughs> I actually at one point thought maybe they'd put them over um, and put the tag titles on them. And then I, I kind of think we're probably headed to RK bros at SummerSlam getting a tag title shot. That makes some sense to me. Um, but I don't think the Viking Raiders versus RK bros has as much pizzazz. Um, I thought maybe almost an AJ would break up, but I'm going AJ and almost on this one, just because I don't think they've done anything to make me think that the Viking Raiders have a shot. Yeah. My pick is the same. Um, and, and, and it's for a lot of the same reasons. I, the Viking Raiders are criminally underused. Uh, the, the, the fact that they earned we're, this. We're going to create a two spot monkeys drinking game. And if we say tr- criminally underused, you have to take a drink. And if you're still conscious at the end of the show, we're going to get send you a prize. 
from the time they earned this shot to how it's being executed and then just how they're being portrayed it's goofy like it makes oh. you makes you not want to tune in to watch because they're so hokey and and I don't know who your Vikings are. Good-looking guys that women like. Hey, and we wrestle trash monsters. Don't get me started on the trash monster. Yeah, and and, and even still, like even AJ and almost like they're kind of bordering on cringe. Like it's you know I'm, I'm stealing my kids' verbiage right now. They I was hey, you're cringy. Well, this whole issue is cringy. And and AJ and almost I get that the the the, the deal with them was winning the belts at Mania. But goodness gracious, that was now almost eight months ago, or four. I'm sorry, four months ago. And what have you done? Nothing. And I, yes, if if SummerSlam materializes into the champs having retained here Sunday and get it, getting Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, that'll be a fine match. Um, I don't know what I would pick today, and I don't know that I don't know what I'll pick that day until I make the pick. Um, it just doesn't seem like right now, and I, I don't think Vince cares enough about the tag division. And it, it, there's evidence of that in the past that this is just kind of there. Yeah, it is. I, I'll tell you right now, I'd put RK Bros over at SummerSlam because the pop from the crowd would be awesome. Um, it'd be worth it for that. Well, Tom, you get the first pick on the Raw women's title match. Who do you cheer for, Rhea Ripley or Charlotte Flair? Well, not only who do you cheer for, but like the issue here too has just been really stagnant. Like, ugh. like I want to be excited for this match, and I should be. But when I think about the build for these two heading into last year's WrestleMania, and then what's happening now, like that's a great like footprint for how poorly this product has evolved or devolved, for lack of a better term. Um, with Bailey going out, it makes me really wonder where things are headed with the women's division across both brands. Because I thought some shakeups were going to happen. Maybe they don't do as much as they were going to do. Do they? So the question for me here is: Do they keep it on Rhea and do this one more time at SummerSlam because it's in front of a bigger audience, or do they pull the trigger on Flair because there's a there's a match that they view as being bigger? at SummerSlam, Charlotte Flair as the champion. I don't know. I don't have a good sense one way or the other. I was wrong when I picked on these two last month. I, I fear I'm going to be wrong picking here. I am going to pick Charlotte Flair because I do think that they're not behind Rhea like they should be. They've definitely not done well with her since she dethroned Asuka at WrestleMania. Again, I could say it sounds like I'm a broken record. I said the same thing about the tag titles and the tag champs. Again, you actually have been promoting your women much better than you have been tag team wrestling. So we shouldn't be here and we shouldn't be having this conversation. Yet we are. Um, and F Charlotte Flair has been the face of the women's division for so many years. So maybe wrong come Sunday, but Charlotte Flair is my pick to dethrone Rhea or at least win the match and then go on to bigger things at SummerSlam, whatever those bigger things might be. Yeah, I uh, actually just wrote down all of my winners uh, ahead of time right now while you were talking there, Tom. And um, I wrote down Charlotte Flair as well um, before you picked. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're behind Rhea, and I think they're idiots. Um, they're booking her terribly. 
who who am I supposed to get behind in this match? It should be Rhea, frankly. Rhea, the young upstart who wants to prove she's worthy and she's as good as she says she is. And Charlotte's the old, she's not old, but Charlotte's the old guard, you know, who's had the title 4,000 times and says, nope, this is my thing and, you know, whatever. The story's not that hard to write, but they refuse to do it. Um, they really want Rhea to be a heel, but yet they want Charlotte to be a heel. And so we have this heel-heel thing that nobody gives a crap about. Um, just, oh, it's annoying. Because like you said, Ripley Flair was such a hot issue uh, at WrestleMania and then in your house. And then, you know, there was injuries and all of those kinds of things. Things changed, whatever. Plans change, pal, as Bruce Pritchard always says on the on his podcast. Uh, I should care about this match, and I don't. But I think Charlotte wins, and I think it's probably Charlotte and Becky at SummerSlam. That's my assumption. Um, I'd love to see Rhea and Becky. My other fear is, like you said, maybe it's a DQ, and we get Rhea, Charlotte, and Becky, because we always got to do a three-way because we can't friggin' make up our mind about the one match we want to do. So we put three people into a match. I... I would love to see Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch at at SummerSlam. I really would. I don't give two things about Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'm i looking forward to seeing Becky Lynch back. Big Becky Lynch fan. Like her. Um, obviously been gone for a year. Um, had a baby. Awesome. Kudos. Congrats. Looking forward. If she's ready to come back, and it sounds like she is, I'm looking forward to having her back on the roster. I think that'll help a lot. But... Uh, yeah, I think it's Becky and Charlotte at SummerSlam, so I'm going to go Charlotte here. Let's move. Uh, we're going to do the title matches first and then end with the Money in the Bank matches. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. Uh, Kofi, they, you know, they're trying to tell the story. He had the, the Kofi mania and WrestleMania a couple of years ago and all of that. Um, he beat Bobby Lashley a couple of weeks ago. Xavier Woods got a pin on Bobby Lashley this week. Um, I didn't mind that. I've read some things that say, oh, the champ shouldn't have lost going into his title match. It was done as a storyline point, though, to me, to get to what happened at the end of the night. And I loved what I saw. I didn't watch all of Raw, but I have seen some clips. I've seen a little bit of that. I loved how Bobby Lashley ended the night. And I hope they keep going with that. Don't just have him blow up that night and now come out with the ladies on Sunday. Don't do it. But I feel like they could. Um butt-kicking Bobby Lashley. You know, um, I, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Fightful.com uh, this after, or this evening on the way home, and somebody chatted to them while they were doing the podcast something about, you know, Bobby should have said, you know, you think Brock Lesnar beat you in no time. Wait till you see what I do to you on Sunday. That would have been a great line, actually. Um, and part of me kind of wants Bobby Lashley to kill Kofi Kingston, not kill him, but just mow through Kofi Kingston on Sunday to make him seem like what I think he can be, which is which is a Brock Lesnar-level heel um, of, oh my gosh, who's going to beat Bobby Lashley? Um, if he has a competitive match with Kofi, I don't know that that does that, although in the end, you know, he's competitive, but Bobby Lashley is just too much to overcome. There's a story to be told there, too. Um, there's no way Kofi Kingston's winning this title. <laughs> Kofi Kingston's not going to SummerSlam as the champ. But... I, I think a story can be told here that helps position Bobby Lashley for what he might be doing at SummerSlam 
and I, I, I'm looking forward to that. So Bobby Lashley is my pick here with super high confidence. Yeah, I agree. Bobby Lashley is the pick here to uh, retaining the title. It seems like the momentum is not on Kofi's side. Uh, I mean, I, I get I get him challenging for the title. That makes sense, uh, you know, in, in the in the long uh, game. But I, I didn't feel a lot of energy around him coming out of Monday. I do like the renewed passion or anger that is fueling Bobby Lashley to to this title match. And 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 yeah, I don't want Kofi to get murdered. But yeah, having Lashley be dominant in five minutes. Would be great. Yeah, it doesn't have to be twenty seconds like Lesnar was or whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you can you can give Kofi a, a hope spot or two in in that five minutes if it's that it's probably going to be more, because the destination is whomever shows up on Monday and challenges Lashley for a SummerSlam, and I don't know who that's going to be, but I, I you know I, I have I've been trying to stay away from sites with a lot of rumors and a lot of like speculation. But I did see a seg- or a snippet on something where they were like, lots of returns are planned for next week. So I would expect starting on Monday after Money in the Bank, you know, it, whether it's call-ups from NXT or, you know, oldies but goodies from the past, uh, no disrespect to, you know, Brock Lesnar or potentially John Cena or other guys that may show up. Um, there's a guy named Finn Balor who's been missing for a while, too. Um Anyway, like just guys coming back and, and, and setting the stage for really marketable matches at SummerSlam, Lashley being strong and getting into, into that and whomever that might be is, is where I know they're headed or I feel that I know they're headed. All right. Well, Tom, you get the first pick on the Universal title match. Roman Reigns defends against Edge. <clears throat> what do you think? Yeah, this is this is scary. Like I don't want to pick this match. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be wrong. Uh, and I feel like I will be. I feel like I. This. It's a hair. Um, it's a hair worse for me than Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Um, the, I'm glad that this match is happening. And even though I thought it was premature to bring Edge back without crowds, this has made a lot of sense. And, and if you would have said to me, "Well, if it wasn't Edge, who would it be?" I'd be like. Good question. I have no idea who would be challenging Roman Reigns if Edge did not return. So from that perspective, makes a lot of sense. And Edge has looked like he's been a man on a mission, and he's been calling back to all of the stuff that went wrong in the WrestleMania match to say, I'm coming for your title. I think, though, it's too early still to remove the belt from Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns versus someone, I'm not sure who again, at SummerSlam is what you want to do with the way, way Roman Reigns has been built. Unfortunately, just because I feel that way, I think WWE logic goes the opposite way. And I think that they don't necessarily see the same. And maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. They they see Edge being the, being the face. And boy, he got old in four months real quick. And it's not even <laughs> four months since, since WrestleMania, but he is looking, looking worse for the wear. Uh, now, as opposed to you know his rumble to WrestleMania run, I don't want to make this pick, uh, but I, I just don't trust WWE, so I'm going to go with Edge, and I'm and that's going to be low confidence when we do our confidence points in our um, in our fantasy league. 
I want Roman to retain. And maybe maybe it's edged by DQ, and then they do a rematch or some. Maybe they're part of a three-way at SummerSlam. I have no idea. As you can see, I'm stammering on, grasping for straws. So we have a difference. <laughs> I, I'm going Roman. Uh, I I don't I don't think it's time to take the belt off Roman. I still believe that when they take the belt off Roman, it needs to be to make somebody and Edge, as he said on Talking Smack last week, has won 31 WWE titles in his career, which is more than anybody. Uh, and then he said, I don't know if you saw this clip. Uh, he said, which is more than anybody. I'm sorry, I don't count the 24-7 title. And then he went on with what he was saying, which I thought was a great little, because otherwise, our truth is the answer to the trivia question of who's won the most titles in WWE history, because he's held the 24-7 title 54 times or something like that. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's in the 50s. Um, that Edge has won 31 WWE titles of Obviously, not just the WWE title, but uh, Intercontinental and Tag and all of those kinds of things. He, uh, he's a made man. He's in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't need this. I think Seth Rollins gets involved here because I think we're headed to Seth Rollins and Edge at SummerSlam. So I think Rollins gets here. Now, the one way that I could see it going your direction is if Edge wins the title and then Seth wins Money in the Bank and Seth cashes in on Edge at SummerSlam. But Seth isn't the kind of character who would tell you when he's cashing in. Seth would absolutely do what Seth Rollins did back at WrestleMania play button. Um, 29 or whatever that was. Um, 31. 31. I was on the wrong side of 30. Okay. Uh, play button, though. That's a good one because that was in the logo. Totally giving a fully posable wrestling figure podcast gets all the credit in the world for that. They were at that show, and that's what they call it. I think it's been a great name. So I totally stole that from the boys of fully posable. So all credit to them for WrestleMania play button. But uh, it absolutely is the logo, right? Big play button right in the middle. Um, so I, I so I don't see that happening. I guess I'm tipping my hand to who I don't think is winning Money in the Bank, although he would be high on my, like, rankings if we ranked all eight of them. Although last year you and I put Otis at the dead last in our rankings of who was going to win the thing, and he won the whole damn thing. So um, I, I think Reigns wins here, though. I think Seth Rollins costs, costs Edge the match, which costs makes Edge, easy enough for me to say, you know, want to just wipe the floor with Seth Rollins because he took that from Edge. And that's going to be the thing that makes them go forward. So that that's what I see happening. I, you know, rumors are out there about Roman Reigns, John Cena, maybe. Um, that That's an interesting match that I think can sell tickets. So I think Reigns and Cena at SummerSlam would make some sense from a business standpoint, not from a storyline, although they'll, they'll tell a story to get there. But then... I think they're going to Edge and, and Randy Horton, Seth Rollins. Um, so I'm going to go Reigns. So there is our first difference. We'll see if either of the next two matches. And I feel like up. that's deja vu because back at WrestleMania, I think you picked Roman and I picked Edge then too. Yep. So, so you, need to you need to acknowledge him, Tom. And you're not. Just saying. I want to, uh, though. I want to. I don't trust the WWE. Uh, well, and, and I, I can't blame you for that. Uh, so you, you need to acknowledge him or he'll send Jimmy in a... Never mind. That's a bad... I won't say that. Um, Tom just shakes his head at me for even going there. Women's Money in the Bank match. Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Nikki Cross, or Ash, is it? And Asuka, who all qualified the same night. The first night they did qualifies, qualifiers for the Money in the Bank. Raw was able to get them all just handled in two tag matches. Uh, versus Liv Morgan, Natalia, Zelina Vega, and someone they haven't bothered to tell us about yet. 
this has been the tale of two things. Like I said, Raw did two tag matches, and boom, they were in. I wish they would have done singles, not tags, but whatever. They did two tag matches. You had your four women. They're ready to roll. Um, I will say I, I, you, I've seen the uh, pictures of both last night and then last week when all four of these women, Alexa, Naomi, Nikki, and Asuka teamed up. I saw a picture of them from last week from the eight-person tag that said when all of your creator wrestler characters enter the Royal Rumble on WWE 2K at the same time. Because they all are very colorful and uh, interesting-looking characters. Um, meanwhile, Zelina just gets added in when she returns on SmackDown. Uh, Carmella was handed a spot, but now Carmella has the, the women's title shot this Friday because taking the, the spot of Bailey. Uh, Liv Morgan had a nice little story going where she was trying to prove she was tough enough uh, to get that spot and then just gets handed Carmella's spot when Carmella's out of it because that made zero sense in the absolute world. And Natalia gets added on social media because Sonya Deville said she could, so she did. Dumb. The build for this has been weird. Um, I think this comes down to, yes, it is my pick, right? Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody on Raw is winning this. Um, Nikki won the four-way that they had with those four women on Monday, so I think that pretty much seals the fate that she's not winning on Sunday. Um, and I don't think she needs it yet. They're just getting that character going. I think it comes down to two people, I, maybe three. I think Liv Morgan makes a lot of sense because of the story they had been telling with Liv. If you don't have her win money in the bank, what was the point of the story you've been telling with Liv? Of course, you didn't make her qualify either, which was part of the flippant story that you didn't bother to tell. But maybe they pick it back up and give it to Liv. I think the other option is the TBA person, because I think there's a chance that it's Sasha Banks. Um, and that Sasha could win money in the bank and then challenge Bianca. And I could see Sasha doing the, I'm going to challenge you at SummerSlam. You know, I'm not going to come up behind you and, you know, cheat to win, basically. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm calling my shot, SummerSlam, you and me. I, I like that story a lot, to be perfectly honest. I don't know that you need the money in the bank briefcase to do it. I think you could have Sasha show up on Friday night and say, when, when Bianca wins, because um, she's beaten Carmella, let's just call that now. And, and have Sasha say, you and me, SummerSlam, you know, point at the SummerSlam sign. Do they have a SummerSlam sign? Maybe they will. Um, maybe they should. So I don't know that you need her there. I also think there's a very big chance that Sonya Deville is going to put herself into the match in that TBA spot on Friday night. Um, I, I hope that on Friday night we find out who it is, but you and I are recording on Wednesday and we don't know. I'm going to go Liv Morgan just because it's the story. It's what we've been telling. And then you don't have to have Liv cash in for a while. You can build Liv Morgan more. I like, there's something about Liv that I like, and I think she's gotten a lot better in the ring. Um, I don't know. There's something about her that, that clicks for me a little bit. I'm not ready to see her as champ yet, but I think you could build her. So I'm going to go Liv Morgan. I literally down, I have written down here Liv slash Sasha. So I'm going to cross Sasha Banks out and I'm going Liv Morgan. That was the one yeah. I couldn't decide when I wrote my answers. No, for sure. And and I appreciate your, the, the thought you've given there. The way I approach this, and, I, and that will be the same for the men too, is and, and this is the, also the issue with picking money in the bank winners. Like much like last year when we had Otis dead last. Um, and again, the way that story played out, he ended up losing it to the Miz, and we know how that played out. Is you have They're to actually like, notice okay now though. Yeah, exactly. You have Only to. Like, you, you have to try as best you can 
to trust an inconsistent booked and promoted product, promoted is probably the wrong term, presented product, and think about three months, six months, nine months, perhaps down the road with this. There's a lot can change. A lot changes in WWE in, in one month sometimes, two months sometimes. And with their return to the road and their return with some talents and shifting of talents in a draft, the briefcase winner that you might see, be it a, a Raw female or a SmackDown female, may not be you know, aligned to that title. And again, they can choose. So you know, no matter who the women's champion is on Raw or SmackDown, and we feel a little more confident for sure that we know that Bianca is the SmackDown representative, potentially Charlotte on Raw, you can't say, okay, well, then who can I see on this list that's going to face one of those two? I agree with you, though. It's no one on the Raw side. The one story I would like for them to tell, and I don't think they could do a good job, would be Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss being the dark character she is, winning money in the bank, and then having that briefcase kind of like a threat would be a fun story to tell and to watch play out. Um, but I don't trust them to do that. I, I think I've repeated myself enough three or four times saying trust. She'd have Lily um, cash in, even though Lily's been gone for a while. Oh, yikes. Uh, Nikki Ash, Nikki Cross, that would be fun. But again, if she's Ash, almost a superhero, if she wins money in the bank, does that give her superhero status? And does that then story just finalize itself there? Every, Too early. Every, every time I hear them say Ash, it's not what I hear. And sure. I'm like, what? I, I I get that it's a play off of superhero in training with Rosie back in the day when he was a superhero in training. Go ahead and do that acronym on your own, folks. We try to keep it PG here. Um, I, I get that it's a play off of that, but I just think it's a stupid name. So, sorry. You were no, you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> um, on the SmackDown side, and Natalia gets off the, you know, I know she said, you know, when she had the match on Monday, she wants to be the first person to have all the belts at the same time. Sorry to tell you that's not going to happen. Actually, I can't wait for you and Tamina to lose the tag belts to someone else. Probably the Shotzi and Knox. Um, Zelina Vega, because they chose to bring her back and spotlight her poorly, albeit, would be a great choice. No, last life. week. Precisely. Precisely. Do a little um, promo or something. A little video. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and as much as I think that your hypothesis about Liv Morgan makes sense, I don't, I don't, I didn't see that, uh, but it, it does make, it does make sound sense storyline wise. So my pick is TBA. I'm, I, I know that leaves me like, you know, wide open for it to be someone really goofy. Um, I don't know that I see it being Sasha. I, and, and I would actually prefer Sasha not win and call her shot. If Sasha wins, um, I'd love for her to be able to, Get the get the rematch without having to cash in, and then maybe come up short, and then go. Okay, well now I've got this briefcase still. Um, I think that adds a little more drama. So I'm going TBA, and I I could see it being Carmella if she falls short on on Friday, you know, and she goes back to Sonya Deville and advocates to get back in. And could she be the third time Money in the Bank winner? That'd be kind of crazy. Um, if well, it being her. Because she won the first two back to back, like James Ellsworth and then her. Yeah. So did she win it twice? I don't. Yeah, I don't know how they count that. They call her a two-time winner. So. But, okay. Yeah. Well, there. So, yeah. 
TBA is my pick. So the mystery, the mystery woman, maybe it's a mystery come Sunday, maybe on Friday, I shoot you a text and go, can you believe that I'm married to Tony Storm? And, and, and actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea. It but... wouldn't be all bad, right? To bring her in and strap a rocket to her like that actually would be kind of cool. Um, I, I think Tony Storm would be better than if it's Tamina. If they say, well, Natalia's in, Tamina wants in too. Okay, Tamina's in. I could totally see that being the story. And I don't think Tamina's winning Money in the Bank. And you and I could both be wrong. Zelina could pull it off or one of the Raw women could actually end up winning the thing. So um, who knows? We'll see. I got to live. You have TBA, which gives you uh, carte blanche on a whole lot of people there, actually. So let's go to the men's Money in the Bank match. And, Tommy, you get the first pick here on our last match of the night. Drew McIntyre, Riddle, John Morrison, and Ricochet from the Raw side. Seth Rollins, Big E, Kevin Owens, and Shinsuke Nakamura on the SmackDown side. What say you? Yes. So same, say, I, again, I look at this in the same lens or through the same lenses that I look at the women. I go, who could I see challenging potentially Roman Reigns, potentially Edge or Bobby Lashley? Again, knowing that six months, those may not be the champions by any, by any stretch. So the process of elim- elimination for me, Riddle's out of it because I agree with you. Okay, bro, it's coming down the path. John Morrison really is the one of these things is not like the other here. I mean, I'm glad he's in, and and, and I was very very high on what he did with Ricochet lately. Um, but he's the weakest link in this match. And he'll do something crazy in this match. I mean, he'll have a cool cool spot. He sure, he, he sure will. Ricochet, I'm super glad that they've given us a spot and an opportunity to again. Like he's definitely been a peak and valley type guy uh, between NXT and his in his Raw run. Um, and hopefully he's peaking again, and they, they keep him here for a while. I don't see him winning Money in the Bank. Drew McIntyre, he's going to be out of the title picture for a while, so there's no Money in the Bank for Drew, and he and Jinder Mahal are going to fight over next week's uh, material possession. So go figure. Uh, hey, it was a swerve, bro. It was a stand-in sword. Vince <laughs> 101, my goodness. Yeah. So, then, so then it makes you go to the SmackDown guys. So it'd be It'd be kind of crazy, maybe, that there'd be two SmackDown talents that come out of Money in the Bank as the briefcase holders. But again, this is a new era in WWE where where SmackDown being the Fox show is something of note. And who knows what will happen in the draft. So they're not guaranteed to be SmackDown talents as they continue to carry the case. And and to be fair, to say this, because I would have said it when I make my pick after you, so I don't want to... uh feel like I'm hiding anything. Um, they have not said that hey, you have to challenge the champion of your brand. Correct. They've said any champion. So, Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm looking at it in the lens of going, wow, you're putting smacked over, smacked over, right. smacked, SmackDown over strong. By, by it having, is 1 o'clock in the morning where you are. It's okay, Tom. <laughs> by, having two, by having two guys or two talents from that, that brand or that roster win. King Nakamura, I'd love it, but that's not going to happen. So it, it goes down to the, the the final three: Seth Rollins, Biggie, Kevin Owens. I, I you can make an argument for all three, and I don't know how if I feel stronger one way or the other. If it's if I had a three sided coin, if I could flip it and then just land on one of their heads, I, it might be easier than making the decision I'm going to make. I've wanted him to get pushed for a while. So I'm going to go with Biggie, uh, and I would love to see him hold on to it 
for the longest time, but then when he cashes in, come up short because then I think his story is winning Rumble next year. But that's armchair booking brought to you by Tom Bobo. So I agree with all of your, your thoughts on the Raw guys. There's an outside shot to me for Ricochet only in the every once in a while we get a Money in the Bank winner that we're like, holy crap, they put it like CM Punk when Punk won the, the Money in the Bank. I think for me, I was like, God, I didn't think he had a shot at actually winning. Like, I wanted him to win it, but I didn't think he actually had a chance. So Ricochet is kind of that guy for me in this, uh, in that if they decided to just go, oh, didn't see that coming. We're going to go a whole new direction here. Ricochet would be the guy. I I don't think that's going to happen. If I'm wrong and they put it on him, that'll be great. I'd be thrilled, actually, to be wrong if it's Ricochet. I agree with you. Drew McIntyre is going to go feud with Jinder Mahal. In fact, I think there will probably be a spot where Drew is about to unhook the briefcase and Drew comes out and either distracts him or pushes him off the ladder or something. And so that makes Drew want to just annihilate Jinder because like I was talking about Seth and Edge, he took that from Drew. He took Drew's opportunity to get back into the title picture, whether that's with Bobby Lashley, which they haven't really made clear if he were to win Money in the Bank, could he challenge Bobby Lashley? Or would he have to challenge Roman Reigns or wait until Lashley lost the title to somebody else and then go after them? They haven't made that clear. I don't think it's going to matter because I don't think Drew's winning the briefcase. I agree with you, Riddle, RK Bros, John Morrison. Thanks for coming. Um, hey, at least he hasn't fallen off the face of the earth. You know, he's right. When one half of the team gets hurt, you'd start chasing the 24 7 title. Yep. Yeah. Um, see Eric, you know. So uh, I agree with you. Shinsuke is still doing his thing with Corbin, which I. I'm starting to like the new Corbin character. It's a little bit entertaining to me. Although I did think it was interesting that a week after losing his crown, he already had his car repossessed. Like, so he had enough money last week, but now he doesn't. His car got re- like, don't you have a month between payments? When are you paying your there, car off? There was a backstage backstage segment. I think right after that, right after he lost the crown, where he had said he had been losing investments and he had been losing things that it was so like it wasn't, but like that was like the okay. I missed that. Yeah. So. And they, and they haven't done it's a good not, job telling that story. But but even if they tried, I'll give them credit for that because I thought it was a huge gap. And if they tried, I missed it. Kudos to them for even trying to tie that line up because I was like, I get to pay my bill every once every month, not once every week. Good Lord. What kind of a be buy here, pay here kind of thing? Like you're a WWE, you're a king, man. What are you doing? Well, and as much as I love what they were doing with King Corbin, so much so that I bought his action figure, and now I love King Nakamura, I would have preferred – a King of the Ring tournament instead. And I think we're going to get that eventually here. Um, I'm just writing myself a note. After we're done with picks, I've got one more thing I want to just bring up real fast at the end of the show tonight. So again, I'm with you. It brings it down to the three. I would love to see Kevin Owens win it because I think the world of Kevin Owens, he put out a really cool video earlier today. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, Tom, if you had a chance to watch about four minutes in length. But really, he just talks about, hey, the last year has been tough on everybody and hang in there and keep fighting. Uh and he's so excited to be able to, he was able to go see his parents in Canada um, and the, the border was open enough for him to be able to get back and forth and then them to see them and how much that meant and, and how excited he is to wrestle in front of fans again this week. I mean, it's just very, very cool. And I think the world of Kevin Owens is a guy I mentioned on Twitter. I, I replied, not that he's probably ever going to read it, but I replied and said, you know, that he was one of the nicest guys I'd ever had the chance to meet. I met him at a ring of honor show in Chicago briefly. You and I had a chance to interview him, albeit through email. 
uh, back in the original iteration of Two Spot Monkeys, and he was nothing but cordial with us um, and gave us, in fact, we were the first place that he mentioned that he wanted to be Bumblebee in Chikara, because that's when Ring of Honor and Chikara were having their um, little bit of a war kind of thing. Uh, and then he ended up doing a promo in a Bumblebee mask, and that was after he had mentioned it on Two Spot Monkeys. That will go down in the annals of history to nobody except you and I that we actually know that, although that was by far on our old blog the most read interview we'd had we had ever in that iteration, and it wasn't even close. It blew everything else out of the water. Um, maybe someday we'll actually, uh, it's crossed my mind that I would love to do an interview because we can have up to like five people on this uh, program that we use to bring in um, and do an interview with somebody. Obviously, it won't be Kevin Owens because WWE ain't even going to talk to us, but um, I think it'd be fun to do an interview again sometime. Anyways, big fan of Kevin Owens. That's my point. I don't see him winning it, though. I'd, I would love it. Again, if I'm wrong on that, great. Awesome. So it comes on Rollins and Biggie, and I think a lot of this comes down to what happens in that Roman Reigns match, as I said. Rollins with the Money in the Bank briefcase and Edge as the champion makes some sense. I just don't think you need either of those things for those two to have the match that they that they seem to be going towards. So I'm going Biggie as well. I, I have a different reason, though, for going to Biggie than you do. Um, you said you hope he holds it for a long time and then loses it. I think Big E, because of what Bobby Lashley does to Kofi Kingston earlier in the night, cashes his money in the bank briefcase in, and it's Big E and Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam, which I think would be pretty darn cool to see. Yeah, that would be. I like that. Uh, so that's where I think we had. Um, now, whether you put Big E over as the WWE champion at SummerSlam, I'd love it, actually. I, I agree with you. I think the story should have been Royal Rumble, been at WrestleMania, but the pandemic's kind of thrown everything off. So the first huge crowd you have at SummerSlam, you put Big E over and now you'd go on your trajectory with Big E. Makes, if Brock isn't coming in for Bobby Lashley and there's lots of conflicting reports on whether Brock is going to come in or not. If Brock isn't coming in, Big E to me makes the most sense. The next most sense. Is that, can I even say that? Anyways, um, <laughs> when you look at who Bobby Lashley could face for SummerSlam. So that's my thought. Um, Another thing in the Roman Reigns edge match, and I don't know, maybe things happen, but is Daniel Bryan anywhere around? I don't know. So we'll see what happens there. I don't know. He might show up somewhere else too. That's always a rumor as well. Um, But uh, anyways, we'll move on from there. Anything else about SummerSlam? uh, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, Tom? No. So we have two picks that differ, uh, the Universal title match and the Women's Money in the Bank. So I'm not surprised that the women's money in the bank. We are. I'm a little surprised on the universal title match. So I'm, I, I, I hope that I'm right on that one. And I, it's a, look, it's a coin flip with money in the bank. We proved that last year. Tom, the last thing um, I just want to mention, I just want to ask, it's really a quick question. Did you see the San Diego comic-con speaking of action figures uh, exclusive uh, from Mattel creation, Sergeant Slaughter figure that they're putting out next week? I did. I'm ordering that thing. It looks cool. beautiful. It, cool. uh, it looks beautiful. And and those kinds of things only go up in value. San Diego Comic-Con, usually, although Isaac Yankum was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, and I can't believe that figure costs a whole lot right now. Um, they went through a couple of years there where they were doing kind of crazy characters. I have the Shockmaster one. Um, Isaac Yankum, and I think Red Rooster might have been a San Diego Comic-Con as well. Um, I, I don't have Rooster or Yankum, but uh, I do have the the Shockmaster, which is one of the coolest package figures. 
Oh, that slaughter looked good. Anyways, I was super excited. Next Friday, so not this week, but next Friday when we won't have a show uh, is when they're going to do the reveals for San Diego Comic-Con as well, where there's going to be a ton of figures, as always, revealed. I'm looking forward to spending some time watching that. Maybe we'll talk about it when we talk again. Um, most likely, again, just to talk schedule with everybody, uh, this will we'll probably hit the podcast feed on this Friday, the 16th. We probably won't be back with another show until the 30th is the earliest, most yeah, likely. Week of the 26th was going to be what I said, but yeah, 30th. Uh, you know, our Friday recording schedule has been relatively consistent until this week, so that doesn't mean you're still not getting an episode until Friday. Sit there and wait, people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Even, so it's already Friday when you're hearing this, unless you're watching us on YouTube. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and, and we'll have a lot to catch up on. You know, if we, if we do not well, record again until the 30th, there will be a number of things. Money in the bank and... Uh, AEW. And, and we'll already and that will actually be on the verge of making picks for all out. So um no, we'll be a month. No, a week away. We'll be a week out, a week out from that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, a month day. out. Labor. No, it's Labor Day. Which is the first Monday in September. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I, it's it's see, it's late. It's, <laughs> I, I'm going July to September. I'm jumping a whole month. We got to go through August, man. Don't oh, don't make time move faster. I already thought we were in August. See, that's that's my that's my bad. So, <laughs> no problem, man. All right. Well, it is uh, ridiculous late for Tom, and it's gotten late for me. But we're you. But it's not late for you because you can be listening to this whenever. It could be bright and sunny in the morning for you when you're listening. And, to this and if this has proved anything, it's that I should be drinking coffee when we record. Two spot monkeys live, and I will not be drinking coffee tonight. I'll be going to bed. And as you can yeah. tell by that last comment on the schedule, I don't even know what time it is or what day it is. <laughs> well, that sounds good, Tom. It has been a pleasure as always. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, we went uh, over ninety tonight, uh, but a uh, lot to talk about. So, thanks for joining us. Always be safe, and we will talk to you again just as soon as we can. <laughs> Take care, everybody, and enjoy Money in the Bank.